Kia ora, and welcome to Rev Talk, the Mahinadi podcast. I'm Rev Chris. And I'm Rev Mike. <laughs> Whoa, I love the passion there. <laughs> uh, and this week we're joined by uh, Fanonga Adrian Sutherland. Kia ora, bro. Kia ora, Chris. Kia ora, Adrian. Uh, so Age will be joining us uh, for this podcast. Um, for those who don't know him, uh, he's uh, <coughs> world famous in Tairawhiti, I want to say. Mm. Maybe even further afield. Parts of Western Australia. Used to be and the coast's most eligible bachelor. Oh yeah, but got recently got taken off the market. Yeah. <laughs> He's happy about that though, eh? I am. Yes. <laughs> Publicly, yes. <laughs> quite, quite. Uh, email me later on. Um, so, Age is with us. He's going to talk about some of a couple of his passions, including gardening, um, empowering people in the community, um, some kopapa he's involved with. Uh, how you can get in touch with him, how you can uh, support some of those kopapa. So we're really happy to have him here with us this week on Rev Talk, the Mihinari Podcast. No mai haramai, e te fan. Well, it's November here in New Zealand for our international guests. <laughs> and I think if it's November in one place, it's probably November everywhere. Probably. Unless it's the first. Yeah. What's the date? The 6th. So November everywhere as well around yeah, the world. The world yeah. um, Unless you're listening to this in another month. Or it might be November next year. We can just roll the same podcast out every this year. This is like the Eternal podcast. <laughs> oh, I like that reference there. Referencing yeah. the Eternal Sacrament of the Eucharist, for those of you playing at home. Um, but this is a month where uh, things start to get a little bit hairy uh, across Aotearoa, actually across the world. Oh, nice pun. Yeah, yeah like that. Um, it's November, or what people are now calling Movember. Um, and it's getting hairy here at the uh, Roof Talks Midnight podcast as well. What do you mean by that, Chris? I mean that we're growing moustaches. <laughs> moustaches? <laughs> moustaches. <laughs> Michael and I grow moustaches. Um, mine uh, is called Senior Maui. Uh, I'll, I'll leave those reasons. I haven't named mine yet. You've you got to name it. Got to give it a personality. Does otherwise, it have you'll to shape have it. like a, a, a um, pejorative Mexican appellation? <laughs> Well, it could. Well, okay. Can I'll, it be called? I'll rename one Matua Maui. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why you got to name it is because it's like growing a moustache is like being at war. And it's harder to kill someone if you know their name. I might call mine Corker. <laughs> <laughs> so no, if no, you no, wake no, up no, in the no. morning and you think, "Oh man, I really need to shave that moustache," it's harder if I. It's harder. <laughs> it's harder if I look in the mirror and I don't just see a moustache, but I see, I see Matua Maui. I said, oh. Which is in reference to? Uh, the greatest mustachioed Māori who ever lived. His name is. He's still alive. Oh, yeah, he's still alive. It's an ongoing existence. Yeah. Uh, Māori Tongahai. Um, yeah, I agree. Our papa here in the office. But he, he was so. He's like Chuck Norris. He's so tough that he's still got a mustache, even though he shaved. Yeah. That's how tough he is. Just as I was saying that, something occurred to me. Tapi. Oh, yeah. Tapi had a mustache. That was the source of his brilliance. Yeah. Uh, both like Apirana Ngata and Apirana Mahuika. Yeah. Coincidence? Uh, I wh- think not. I think, yes, men have grown moustaches <laughs> throughout history. Yeah, yeah. so, but they're probably past their heyday. Although Michael's got a theory that they're coming back. No, yeah, I just noticed at the Rugby World Cup. Actually, bro, even if you just check out some of the um, high schoolers wandering <laughs> around, <laughs> whoever can grow a mo has grown one. And some of them I have to like say look quite good, impressive. Quite handsome. Yeah. Better than the old kind of scruffy beard. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to grow well, that, bae. Good to know Adrian's daughters. <laughs> <laughs> bit, of, bit of a mo. 
Yeah. Well, who knows? You might keep yours beyond November. Is that a thing though? Like once you hit like the end of November, you have to shave it off. I think that's part of it. So like part of the fundraising buzz is like getting quite attached to your mo over yeah. November, and then it gets to the end of the month. You're like, oh, I don't want to shave it. And then you, like quitting you, okay, yeah, like quitting you. Go back to your beautiful self. And we've got some like important events where we're going to be like up front in front of people. Yeah. In November, eh? Yeah, well, and, and not just like important for us, but like quite life changing for the people who are taking part. Like people are getting ordained to the priesthood. And we're going to be and standing the, there. And the two guys who are probably going to be quite front and centre in the service are going to be there with moustaches. We need to con the bishop into joining us. Yeah, because he's got a goatee. Eh? We should make him make him shave the bottom half. Or the top. Of his goatee. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, but bit of a tongue in cheek quarter, but a serious cope up of a high in Movember, uh, wanting to improve uh, health and well being of men everywhere, mm. which is pretty cool. So stimulating conversation, normalizing health checks, um, normalizing quarter around mental health, all those uh, good things, which especially here in Te Rafati, um is something that needs to be done. I think there's that stat the bishop references quite a lot uh, that the leading cause of death for Maori men under forty five is suicide. Mm. Um, so more than heart disease, more than diabetes, more than cancer, more than car accidents, uh, it's suicide that are killing Māori men here in Tairawhiti. Um, And, you know, g- growing a moustache uh, might seem like a pretty funny way to respond to that, but um, what it does is it raises awareness. Yeah, maybe if it starts that convo, you know, yeah, in some ways yeah, it's, it's not, your moustache isn't going to save the world. As much as we <sighs> might, or well, just the memory of Matomawis, I think, improves my health, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, because there's lots of little initiatives like that. And you think, you know, well, actually, are you making a difference? Yeah. Um, but you know, can't hurt to like you know be involved in something like this as well as continuing to try and do more. Uh, generally, eh? yeah. Um, Adrian, why don't you have a moustache? Uh well, <coughs> yeah, I'm aware of this November thing. I've just kind of never gotten around to. Um, I grow. I don't really grow a fantastic looking moustache myself. Oh, sad, sad. He makes up for it with eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. Quite luxuriant. Bro, any here, I'm good at growing. Okay. (laughs) Notice that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a... um, We noticed that in your t-shirt today. (laughs) (laughs) It's a gift. It's it's not always the gift I want, but it's the gift I have. (laughs) Uh, So, Fanu. Uh, if, if anyone uh, is involved in uh, Movember, be sure to support them. Uh, awesome co-papa, good cause, and just a bit of good fun too. Uh, a bit of positivity for men to be involved in, um, and some women uh, around this co-papa. There's Mo Bros and Mo Sisters, mm. apparently that's a thing. Um, but yeah, get in behind it. Awesome co-papa, Movember. We'll be sure to update you um, over the next weeks. Um, I'm committing to this Mo, man. It's not coming off. Come on. What about you? What do you want to do? A year? <laughs> and ten, we'll, we'll ten start years. A, we'll start a blog and an Instagram <laughs> uh, for Matua Maui. Oh, I, I feel like I need to apologise for calling it Senior Maui. <laughs> Thanks a lot, uh, Michael. Just keep uh, learning. Keep Movember, Rev Talk. Uh, we'll post some photos on the, on Facebook too so you can see the development of manhood across our faces. <laughs> Kill the goto. <laughs> <laughs> I was still laughing after that last segment. It was so good. <coughs> yeah, okay. Is it gonna is it gonna make a final cut? Uh segue. Final <laughs> cut pro. <laughs> what is what is that? 
It's a movie editing software? Final Cut Pro, yes. Oh, Adobe? I can't remember. I just use um, whatever's free. <coughs> yeah. Windows Movie Maker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this week uh, we've got joining us uh, Adrian Sutherland. Hey, tell us about yourself. Uh, <coughs> well, um, I grew up in Tolaga Bay and I uh, went to high school there. And, uh, you know, you kind of grow up doing all the normal coasty kid things, going to the beach in the weekends, you know, kind of um, health and safety policies weren't a big thing around in those days, so you <laughs> could you could kind of disappear all day. And uh, as long as you're home for dinner, it was all good. You know, yep. kind of not like today, you don't see many um, uh, kids uh, behaving like that. But, you know, I grew up in Tolaga I went to the high school there, um, which was really cool. There, there is it? There was a high school there? There's uh, an area school. Yeah, area school. Oh, the area school, right, I'm with you. There still is. Yeah, what, yeah. what do you think an area school is? It covers the area. Oh, okay. Yeah. So isn't that like primary all the way through? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from five to when you finish at 12. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, five until, what, of 17, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Gee, that's a long time to spend at one school, eh? Well, it's a long time to have the same bunch of friends. <laughs> <laughs> you needed to diversify. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I enjoyed it there and um, done various things. And um, now I am uh, living in Gisborne. Kapoi. So, um, good mates with the bishop? Uh, yes. You yes. Knew, did you know him before he was religious? Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, we spent some time at high school together. He was more fun then, eh? Oh, so you were in high school with him? Yeah. I think oh, it was yeah. in between Boys High and Lata. Were you a couple of years ahead of him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was you and the Baker boys? Yeah, yeah. So we did a bit of surfing together. Um, yeah, uh, straight out of high school, I went pruning pine trees, and uh, the bishop was in, in the pine trees too, climbing up and down those things, <laughs> oh, yeah. pruning branches. Was he yeah. any good at it? Yeah, no, no, he was all good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Health and safety a big thing then too? Nah, not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, no health and safety. But you managed to make it out alive, eh? Yeah, managed Just. to make it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the bishop too. Yeah. So pruning, so I sort of remember, like, you know, I was a snot-nosed kid. So so how did you get from Tolaga to Toko? And it's not that far, it's like the next town over. <laughs> you walked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, around, ooh, when was it when I was 19 or 20? Uh, I guess I, I uh, headed in a more uh, Christian direction, I guess you call it, in my life. I'd grown up Anglican, you know, every yeah. Sunday my parents had, you know, they'd give me 20 cents or whatever it was, you know, you go along to the St. Andrew's Church, the Antologa. Yeah. And, um, Stephen Donald was your, yeah, your youth leader? Yeah, he was the youth leader, had some, <coughs> had some really good times Steve. with Stephen. <laughs> God. He's a good guy, he's yeah. a good guy. <coughs> he just retired recently, eh? just, he was the... Finished up as vicar here in Gizzy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, that, that led me um, to uh, Weimar and, um, yeah, spending a, spending a fair bit of time in Toko and up and down the coast. So you said you're getting into kind of like the whakapono stuff. Yeah. The Christian, like, so what was that? Uh, what was that? Like, how did you get involved and... <laughs> was that with the bakers? And who with? Yeah, Baker, yeah. The Epos, yeah, eh? Yeah, 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 with the Apostolic Church. Um, so was it through like your friendship with them? Yeah, yeah, because I went to high school with uh, with the two oldest boys. There's Don, Don, and Kevin. 
on the other Donald. Yes. Baker. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and we all went pruning together and did, did all that together. And that's kind of how I wound up in Toko uh, for a number of years and then went. Uh, and so Don and um, Kev's uh, dad yeah, was a uh, pastor. Yeah. Yeah, Arthur Baker. Boys, he he yeah. ran an apostolic church there, which was quite popular and had a, a big following up and down the coast and yeah. did a lot of did a lot of good work in the community. Yeah. So you get involved with that hi, that church? Y- yes, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until uh, recently that I've, um, well, well, after my time on the coast, which was a few years, and then I came to Gisborne for, uh, to work for a few years. And then... Um, I went to Australia, uh, but then I came back and uh, became more involved um, with, with the Anglican Church here in Gisborne. Yeah, I was just I was just saying before, like so you know, obviously I kind of I was around in Toko, um, but I was just a kid at that time, probably same yeah. age as one of the the younger bros is is yeah. he uh, Israel Baker, mm. um, but I sort of remember you guys around, just the sense of you guys not doing a lot. Most days, <laughs> out surfing most days. Yeah. yeah I think I'd come and stay with Don. You guys had that um, whare down Waima, um, and you guys wouldn't have much kai. Maybe it was like yeah. a potato, uh, yeah. potatoes to go yeah. around, a bit of bloody flour water bread. Yeah, no, that was it. Yeah. yeah. The house with no windows. Yeah, stayed in there a couple <laughs> of times. Yeah. You know, fun times. <laughs> <laughs> How horrible. <laughs> House with no, no windows. Well, no cares, no concerns. Very long as yeah. it protects you from most of the elements. <laughs> most of the <laughs> elements. <laughs> <laughs> not not the worst climate there in Waima. Yeah, no. no, no, it was all good. Yeah, yeah, but I remember it was a kid too. So you you, you must have gotten involved in a few other things because you were running the um, what was it like the like a uh, a fish and chip shop uh, in uh, Toko Kai Kart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bought a little uh, well, a long. I remember your stingy card. ass too. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, can I have a sauce, please? Yeah, well, it'll cost you 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, even that was kind of run on a bit of a casual affair, you know, depending on what was on you know, during the day. But so. you've been quite sort of entrepreneurial-minded, eh? Uh, what what, yes, can you, yeah, what yeah, got no, you into so. that? How did that sort of start? Uh, well, probably from an early age, um, uh, my my parents, they were business people and had a series mm. of businesses from from as long as I can remember. And um, the more recent one, well, for me, when I was five or six, I guess, was the uh, uh, Tolaga Bay Tea Rooms. It was like a cafe in yeah. main, main Street there. Mm. So, um, yeah, I grew up in that, as well as a couple of other restaurants and stuff prior to that. But... Uh, so I was always kind of made to work, like every day, yeah. I chores I had to do. So um, that probably instilled in me a bit of a work ethic. And then at a young age, you know, you pick up a few lawns, kind of mow a few lawns and stuff. And uh, picked up, you know, as I got older, I got after school jobs at the Four Square just down the road. And then, uh, yeah, 13, 14, 15, you know, school holidays. Uh, you'd go and work in the vineyards, basically yeah. every every school holidays. I started my own disco. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. Said that did you have a DJ name? No, I didn't actually. Oh, but, uh, got to. You know, that was pretty cool. So I was, I was kind of into making money, right, from a real young age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember I used to charge 50 cents to come in, and I'd, even if I only had like three tapes, <laughs> I'd just play the tape over and over and over. <laughs> and uh, oh, no, it was packed. Friday nights, that was what? me. You know, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, Where yeah. did you do that at? At the RSA in Tolaga. <laughs> yeah, so I did that for a few years, and um, <laughs> three tapes for a few. Years. <laughs> oh, no, well, the, the the few tapes were only for the first couple of goes, and then the, the money that I got, I would catch the bus into Gisborne because they had the wow. service car, and I'd go to Guy and Dunsmore. It used to be a shop in Gisborne here that sold music, and I'd just load up on all the latest sounds, and I'd go. Back. Yeah, so I built myself out to have quite a lot of music over, over I don't know, a year or two, I guess. Yeah, that's cool, is. Yeah, it is yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I sa- in one year I saved up about $700, I think, when I was 13. And then I <laughs> said to my father, oh, I'm going into town to buy myself like a like a big tape deck. Who's, who's mum and dad, right? <laughs> just, just quickly. <laughs> who's mum and dad? Uh, well, my father, Gordon Sutherland, he, well, my grandfather is from Leith in Scotland, and he moved to Tonga yeah. and, mm. married, uh, and married a local there. And then my father uh, was the offspring. And came to New Zealand when he was about 17 or 18. What? Yeah. yeah. And then and my mother, well, she's from Tiaroro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mary Ann Crawford. So did you say your father's Tongan? Yeah. Oh. Half. Yeah, my grandmother is Tongan. Gee. So you got an Ewa connection, eh? Yeah. Is it Ewa? Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. And he came over and he was... Uh, yeah, he had businesses... He, he he was always doing businesses and stuff like that. So cool. Kinda, uh, and then that's where he kind of cracked me into work. Then she, my wife was talking, eh? And she's always like, oh, my talking brother, Adrian. Oh. Chris is like. I thought it was just a joke. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Far. Yeah. Malo. Yeah. <laughs> and it was good growing up, too, because my father, um, one of the things he was good at, he was a chef. So he'd always, oh. he'd always be cooking, like, island food. Which I, I didn't know it was island food, but <laughs> just what you know, yeah, I yeah. thought everyone, you know, baked kumara and cabbage and coconut cream. <laughs> <laughs> Good combo. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, then when I was, uh, I think we were 19 or something, I bought the Tolaga Bay Fish Shop. Sure. So really? saved up enough money by oh, 19. I went to the bank. Oh, okay. And, the, and um, at 19, then they gave you a loan. Yeah, well, D- the different bank, times, eh? Different uh, times. You knew the manager? <laughs> you had a mask on with a bag and a dollar sign on it. <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, so that kind of launched me into like a business that um you know like like that. And I still own the business today. It's uh, it's been I ran it for a few years and then I leased it for a few years and then I ran at it for about another I don't know 8 or 9 years. I remember when you're running it too, like this kind of speaks to some of that that um work ethic, eh? I think man maybe you should have got from your parents and stuff and growing up. But you, you, like when you were running that fish shop for a period there in Tolaga, it sort of, because of kind of how good it was, how good the service was, um, how um, much you could rely on it, that kind of top quality, you know, word starts to get out, mm, becomes yeah. that thing, eh, if you're going around the Cape or around the coast, eh, make sure you yeah. stop in here, grab some uh, yeah. some fish and chips. But, you know, I always thought there was a cool thing. I think you even made the... You made it on the news, eh? Yeah, I was, I was uh, on the television a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, I even got interviewed by Mike McRoberts. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, about the fish and chip shop and a couple of other, well, I forget some other things. But um, yeah, but it is quite true. Uh, you know, you end up talking to a lot of international tourists and they had been referred there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they said, oh, we were told we have to come here and have a feed of fish and chips. And so I said, oh, yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, um, so then after that, uh, I kind of went into selling uh, real estate. I didn't really want to move to Gisborne to sell real estate, but uh, I just kind of wanted to do it up the coast and just kind of do it casually. But I started getting like a lot of business in around the Gisborne area. Mm-hmm. So uh, <coughs> yeah, so I uh, eventually moved to Gisborne and um, focused on doing it uh, more so in Gisborne. But also I did a little bit up the up the coast. And um, some of my uh, friends... They, uh, <laughs> yeah, some of my friends they nick they nicknamed me Adrian Selverland. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so oh well, you know it is what it is. It's <laughs> you know? all still good marketing, there, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of a. So what what? Um, well, then you, you end up you end up in Aussie. Uh, uh, what took yeah. you over there? Uh well. In a, in a roundabout way, the global financial crisis kind of kind of pushed me over there. Really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because me and a mate, we started our own real estate company here in Gisborne after doing quite well at selling it personally. Um, I won't go into too much details about the uh, <laughs> no, no, the no. project we undertook, but it was around two thousand and eight that uh, we were kind of all set to yeah make the big bucks mm-hmm. that we kind of planned on making, but then. Um, the GFC, which was it was a real thing, so banks kind of started to uh, well, banks basically went all cold mm. on mortgages and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, the whole the whole real estate finance and all of that industry was all running for cover, and uh, yeah, we kind of um, had to run run for cover ourselves. So uh, yeah, a bit of bit of this and that, and after a couple of years of um, kind of battling through that. Yeah, I needed a rest, so I um, uh, went to Australia really just for a holiday, mm-hmm. but it ended up being, you know, like a, a seven-year holiday. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I was glad to be home, which which while I was over there, I was working in the mining industry um, inland of Perth, and then it kind of reminded me, or well, it, it kind of spoke to me of what am I doing here in the middle of the desert? It's mm. all red and rocky and hot and flies. And that's when the call for um uh that gardening call mm-hmm. was was really starting to um become loud in my head. Yeah. Cool. And then the long and short of that is you end up back here in in Tidafitsi when in about like what was that two thousand sixteen? Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah, three years ago. Oh three yeah, years maybe ago. maybe Maybe tailing to 15. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> 16, 7. No, yeah, maybe 16, no. Yeah, th- yeah, I think so. I remember you sort of coming back through Auckland and sort of picking up a van and kind of cutting yourself out to get back yeah. to Gizzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had, I came home, cause I've, I've been coming home every Christmas to go to Tolaga and spend time with mum mm-hmm. and my grandmother while she, while she was still alive. And then it was actually one day there, me and my mother were pruning the, uh, the Fijo tree at her house 
and I was mowing her lawn and I said to her, oh, gee, you know, I, I could kind of do this kind of thing for a living. Mm-hmm. And then she said, oh, well, yeah, well, the guy that does this lawn, you know, that, mows, was, that was mowing my mother's lawn at the time, she said, yeah, well, he seems to do okay. He's got about 12 customers here in Gisborne, mm-hmm. I mean, here in Tolaga. And then I said, oh, really? And how much does he, how much do you pay him? And she reckoned, I think she said about $60 or something. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, what the... So then some kind of bulb went off in my head and says, oh, well, that's me. Um, yeah. I'm just going to come and buy a mower and um, mow lawns and kind of prune trees. So I went back to Australia and about two or three months later, I flew home for good. Yep. And then just started my own little kind of landscaping, well, not landscaping, lawn mowing and gardening um, gig, I guess, with the... But the driving thing behind it was I wanted to come home and uh, grow gardens. Mm. There was and and the lawn mowing would kind of uh, allow me to do that. Oh, kia ora, bro. Oh, well, let's find it. We've got uh, Adrian Sutherland here with us talking about uh, some of his life experiences, some of the mahi he's doing at the moment. Uh, and up next, we'll be having a yarn to him uh, more about uh, this gardening, Kopapa. So stick around. So, Age, at the tail end of that last segment, you were talking about that karanga to come home, mm. um, the, the sort of the light bulb moment where you realise, foo, people are paying 60 bucks to have their lawns made. <laughs> 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 Got to give me some of that. Um, so you were doing that, that mahi for a wee while. I know uh, Mike was one of your customers. Probably, hard yakka probably. though. I got the worst blanket. A small one, but worse <laughs> lawn than Gizzy. Yeah. Mike was it just, is. so Adrian used to uh, mow Michael's lawns and now he's uh, chucked it in because Michael was a bad customer. So Michael's had to go out and buy his own gear and start mowing his own lawns. Um, and it's been a, quite a source of frustration for you, Michael. <laughs> yeah, it's like the surface of the moon over there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Growing grass, yeah, cheapest. Oh, so you've you've finished up, um, no, actually, we'll start from the start. So you're, you're doing your, your lawn mowing and stuff and you've got your your whare over there uh, in Kaiti. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in their backyards, most most people have grass. Yep. Um, but you think grass is a waste of time? Uh, so, 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 <laughs> after mowing it for after, after mowing it, yeah. If you can't make money off it, it's out. Um, but uh, your the backyard of your fuddy actually more resembles a bit of a bit of a farm. Uh, you yeah. have some some veggies growing there, some fruit and all that sort of stuff. Um, and and throughout for the last wee while, you've been operating uh, your in, your social media um, presence is uh, one minute gardening. Um, mm-hmm. So what's what's the source of this? Uh, this passion for gardening. Um, yeah, well, interesting. I think. Um, well, I, well, I can remember way back when I was a kid. One thing that um, I can remember some manuka steaks that were holding up tomatoes, and I think I was about six. So that's my earliest mm. memory that I have of gardening. Yep. Um, now I never planted those tomatoes or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but that's it's a vivid memory that I that I do have, and then it's you know it's like a blank uh, from then on for a few years. But um, uh, living up the coast, yeah, um, as uh, or probably living a bit further up the coast, actually up around Tokamotu Bay and Waima, where uh, there was a bit more gardening going on. Mm-hmm. I noticed. And some of the people I was living with, like uh, we mentioned earlier, um, uh, Kevin and Don Baker's mother. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
she would always she always be growing something, and it it just um, you know the the people like that, um, Chrissy Baker is her name. She she was uh, probably uh, one of a few people that um, inspired me to investigate more into into gardening. And um, I guess it's just grown from that, and just seeing other people do it, and having a go, and talking to, yeah, just kind of talking to people and um, just picking it up, I guess. Cool. I, I remember when I was a kid, I had this um, garden patch, which would have been real small, maybe like, you know, five meters, a little, a little square, five meters each side, and I'd plant corn in it. And being corn's mean, eh? Like you just plant mm. it and it shoots up basically. Um, until one day I got home from school. All my corn had been cut out, and my dad had parked his trailer on top of my garden. <laughs> and I asked him why. He said I needed somewhere to park my trailer, and that's that's when I stopped gardening. Wow. Yeah, it's, cool. yeah. it's quite traumatic for me. Thank you for it helping is. me work through that. <laughs> Dear diary, had <laughs> <laughs> a breakthrough today. <laughs> um, so just being around a people uh, who grew kai, uh, who mucked in, who shared that yeah. food out to us, but like they they weren't. Growing food just for themselves. It was a community buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And and so I um, and you know they didn't make a big um, a big drama about it. They just kind of did it. It was yep. just something to do. And um, so th- that's part of the reasoning behind. So you mentioned the um, the social media stuff, yep. like the one minute gardening. Uh, um, I kind of want to be like those. Those how those people influenced me, yep. is how I want to be able to influence others. And which I'm seeing on Facebook is a lot of the people that um, follow me. Uh, the comments are from learner gardeners. Mm-hmm. So I think if there's any, if I was to use the you know a mission, mm-hmm. my mission is to really just take out the the fear. Yeah, because there is. There is a fear I, I've I've come to realize in gardening that some people maybe it's the fear of um, failure that they they don't want to be <coughs> disappointed when their tomato plant keels over and dies. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm just trying to make gardening really not so you know um, complicated. Yeah. So that's what I'm I'm just trying to show the simplicity of it um, by, uh, through the social media, which was shown to me. By, by people, you know, over the years that they, they just kind of broke it down to the real, you know, simple stuff. And that that, that social media presence is, is growing day by day. You're north of 3,000 uh, likes on yeah. Facebook and, yep. and your numbers are heating up over there mm. uh, on Instagram too. And your your um, your approach, hey, like you say, is super simple. Just these quick video clips uh, of yeah. you in the garden. <clears throat> Here's how you prune. Here's how you plant. Yep. Here's how you take the buds off. Uh, real simple uh, and accessible um, tips and tricks uh, for gardening. Yes. Uh, so, and that's part of that cope up is trying to inspire people into gardening, eh? And show yeah. them that basically, if you've got a bit of land, you can do it. Yeah. And yeah. then there could be even a small bit of land. No, you don't need you don't need a paddock to be doing this stuff. No, 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 not at all. Uh, yeah, you, and you could you could do it in a you know a, a bucket. You wanted yep. to or a fish bin, something like that. Yeah, um, it's all. Yeah, I'm all about the the introduction to gardening because there are far more experienced and um, knowledgeable people on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram that you know can go on and on about a whole a whole lot of stuff. And um, 
So if people who are more advanced, well, and want more advanced information, not that you need it, there are plenty of options there. I'm, I, I think I'm just trying to cater for the introduction level gardener. But in saying that, you know, some of the stuff that I share is is also can or can be perceived mm-hmm. to be quite quite uh, complex, mm-hmm. like the lunar calendar, yeah, you know, yeah, which yeah. to me is quite simple. But from some of the comments I've received, uh, I'm I'm starting to realise that oh well maybe it's not that simple. Well, maybe just unfamiliar. Yep. I think it is simple, but just unfamiliar. Well, so I think that hooks in to another side of this kaupapa, and that's the link to our tipuna. Because mm. uh, um, gardening was a big thing for lots of Māori communities, eh? In recent times, and wow. ancient times, right. and, you know, there wasn't the old uh, no, pick and save pick down and the save road to go pretty, and get your lettuce. Concept, yeah. um, and, and with that tikanga, well, with that um, whakapapa comes the tikanga that you're talking about, eh? Like the lunar stuff, mm. um the months, the time of year, all of those things yeah. uh, that have an impact on what we do. So that's that's another cool aspect, reconnecting people with our, our tikanga uh, here in Tairawhiti is cool as well. Um, so I'm a learner gardener age. What's what's the thing you would tell me to plant if I'm new to gardening, I've got a little bit of spare dirt at home, what am I planting to get me confident? Cherry tomatoes. Really? I wasn't expecting, I was just expecting um, silver beet. Uh, yeah, well, well, sil- silver beet for like a you know meat and spuds and veg. Yep. But if you really want to buzz yourself out, yeah, and your kids, yeah, cherry tomatoes, really, because it's like you're growing your own candy. Yeah. So cherry then, tomatoes. Yeah, because you know silver beet, it's kind of like oh yeah, healthy, yeah, n- nutritious. <laughs> yeah, 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 You know, it's good no, with cherry tomatoes. Are buzzy. Yeah, but a cherry tomato, if you grow that well and you grow it sweet. You're going to be inviting everyone to sample them that visit your house. So, so what whereas you're not going to say, "Hey, come and have a boil up a silver beet." You're going <laughs> to, yeah. you're going to, you're going to say, "Jam some of these cherry tomatoes." Yeah, taste, taste some of these. You, you want to brag on how sweet you have personally grown these. So, cherry is tomatoes. that a matter of digging a hole and putting in seeds? Uh, More yes, or less, yes. How uh, do we I'll, get them sweet? Uh, they, some of them they'll just get sweet themselves. <laughs> a lot of sunlight, bit of singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Talk bit of singing, nice, yeah. Yeah. yeah, bit of caressing. So, so what, what's the time frame for from sort of planting to when you can have a kai? Oh, on on maybe a couple, couple of couple of months, I guess. Oh, is that all? Which which flies by, especially now. Give them plenty of water. But the thing is, you can grow them in a in a bucket. Yeah. I've, I've grown sweet cherry tomatoes in a, in a bucket of compost. So you get a if you haven't got a bucket, you can get a bucket for a dollar. Yeah. And we'll get five buckets for five bucks. Just just use your recycling bin. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's got draining in the bottom already. <laughs> yeah, but the, that that's an easy, simple winner. Um, cool. That's uh, yeah. So I think easy you've easy. like you've that's cool. You've you came back. You got on with this copa copa. You live it. Um, like you know, any like and we've taken people to your house to tour it. Um, and basically the whole of the grounds are. Are kind of dedicated to growing um, kai, basically. So mm. gardens and in all varieties of fruit trees and different things like that. Um, but I kind of remember too, and you've inspired me with this kopapa and reconnected me with it, at least thinking about it. But one of the things we've kind of taken on board is with this vision, um, um, is with this kind of tipu water kopapa, which is what we're calling it, and trying to kind of weave gardening into 
um, how we do ministry and mission as a church. So connecting up um, our kōrero, our talk, about loving and serving and feeding um, with our action. So, you know, if you're going to love, you're going to serve, you're going to feed, you're going to minister, tying it to that actual direct day. Like mm. one of the ways I can do that is I can grow kai and I can become a provider and mm. it can start those conversations and there can be an exchange, um, whether of kai or of uh, knowledge and we can connect up communities and generations um, so all you know, just you know, as, as we've kind of as you've as your kind of passion for this, um, doing it and sharing it, it's inspired the rest of us and made us think about it. I know we went to Los Angeles a couple of years back, mm. um, and they introduced the Copa to us there of Seeds for Hope, um, which is they get all their churches in the um, Anglican Church, their diocese of of Los Angeles, um, trying to get all of their churches on their church grounds. I think. To basically grow a garden eh? and provide into like mainly a, a big service they run across the whole diocese of providing kai for different kaupapa. Um but quite a bit different there and, and it's LA, a very mm. urban, very yeah. kind of concrete paved over environment, land, kind of actual kind of, you know, land, dirt, yeah. soil to grow food is kind of at a premium, eh? they don't yeah. have a lot of it. Yeah. I mean I remember talking with you too and you in th- kind of you saying like, you know, Awesome kopapa, and you know what? Why don't we do something like this back where we are? But the 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 difference is that we're land rich. Yeah. Um, you come into even within Gizzy and urban environment, generally around all of our fuddy and where people are staying. You, you know, you've always got some sort of land somewhere that we can do something with. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of inspired us and set us on a journey, kind of to the point we're starting this year. You're kind of taking that lead for us, eh? leading this tipu order um, for Cardo. One of the cool things, um, I guess, because it's kind of quite catchy, but you've always been quite big on um, not a community garden, mm. but a community of gardeners. Yeah, yeah. Can you say a little bit about your um, uh, dislike of community <laughs> gardens? <clears throat> yeah, well. I guess the, to the difference between a, a community garden and a community of gardeners, well, I, I guess the first one, it's all about context. So I think, as you mentioned in Los Angeles, a community garden where is, is, is probably the right way to go about it where um, land to grow on is, as you said, a premium. Mm-hmm. So everyone doesn't have a patch of land. So when they can source a patch of land, a community can come together around that patch of land and grow. And I think um, I think they can work that quite well because uh, you know that's 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 what they have to work with. But mm. in New Zealand, as you mentioned, um, we we are more land rich. And um, from my experience and what I've seen over the years, community gardens. In New, in New Zealand, well, around Gisborne and the coast, they they they're not successful over the long over the long term. Yeah, there are a number of uh, community gardens uh, in Gisborne at the moment, which are kind of looking, you know, quite ragged and overgrown. And I think they start out with the best intentions, people getting together, you know, and all kind of high fiving each other, and we'll do this, we'll do that, but um. They they kind of they kind of burn out. I've seen them burn out, 
you know, for example, opening day, there might be 20 people and they all get their little, you know, five meter by one meter patch. And then after six months, it's, you know, down to 10 people. Then after one year, it's down to two people. And then it's all overgrown with weeds. And then they have a big weeding session and it's all started again. Mm. Um, but I think that, that really just highlights the mechanical practice of growing a vegetable, um, <clears throat> which, uh, which is okay. But I think to foster the growth of a community of gardeners where people garden at home is a lot better than a, than a community garden because um, being able to grow the garden at home, you you get to experience for yourself the other, I guess the, I wouldn't say intangible, but um, you, you, get, you get to experience the wairua of the garden every day, every moment. A bit like what Chris was talking about, eh? reconnecting. Like we get the yeah. greatest, uh, we know, like, and this is the thing I, this sort of ties into like our, the greatest example of this for us, tangible, we can come and feel it and see it as actual funny. You're living it. Yeah. Um, but that connection and awareness of environment, and as Chris was yes. talking about our tipuna, like their understanding of seasons and the rhythm yeah. um, and yeah. the whenua around them and its health and yeah. kind of being in that close relationship with it. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, you know, you could say what well, I'm sure they would it would affect it would affect me if if I was to just live in a shipping uh, in a shipping container, yeah, <laughs> versus living in a house with pictures and yeah. furniture. So the same way, environment with, matters. Yeah, your, yeah. your environment. So at home, you have the garden out your back door. It affects you. Yeah. You you get to experience the you know the unseen. Mm. Eating the vegetables that you've grown is is a pleasure anyway. But just being amongst it, mm. just feeling the energy, the insects, the birds, seeing the worms, um, you know, seeing all the butterflies, all those, all the flowers, things in bloom, seasonal things. I think it links us back in to uh, into feelings that are that are deep within us as humans. Mm. And living an urban, disconnected lifestyle, we we need uh, stimulus from other avenues. To kind of to to make us feel alive, mm. so we need more of a digital life. We need a more of a this life, that activity, this activity, that activity, because inherently we we kind of we're malnourished emotionally. Mm. So we need so. And what I find why it's better to have a garden at home is that you can nourish not only your your body, but your your spirit in the garden. So it's better, I think, to have a community of gardeners, a community of people gardening at home and experiencing that at home versus getting in the car and driving for five minutes to a little patch and just mechanically growing a cabbage. Mm. I, I think the other thing for us, uh, at least here in Tairawhiti, too, is um, the people who would benefit most from these gardens don't necessarily have the means to be jumping in their car and dropping five bucks on <coughs> gas to be going to the local community garden um, yeah. to do some mahi that, you know, in six months, like you say, might actually not exist. Uh, you know, whereas if, if you if you have to open your back door every day and, and there's your garden, then there's your motivation too. And and yeah. it, it allows the whole whānau to get involved. So I assume, like... Gardening's not something just for adults or, or grown-ups. Oh, so yeah. like you, you can yeah. have the whole whānau out there pulling weeds, um, yeah. digging holes, all that sort of thing, eh? Yeah, no, no, definitely. 
Well, see, even at our house now, because um, the strawberries are coming on, you know, we've got <laughs> about three or four different kids around the neighbourhood yep. that they just pop in, you know, and they just knock on the door and say, oh, can we have a few of strawberries? It's 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 cool. satisfying mm. to say, yeah, go, help yourself. Yeah. You know, and they're all happy. Everyone's happy. You know, it's 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 a, it's a no lose kind of situation, and um, so so it's ex- actually it becomes not just for the people living in that fare, um, but the entire community that that that's around them, eh? Yeah. The, the, the impact of having something as simple as a yeah. garden can yeah. bring communities k- together, yeah. can solidify communities, can say this is a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And. And you know, as you know, uh, manaki tanga yeah. when you know it's an it's a, an enjoyable emotion yeah. when you can sit there and see people enjoy your your you know what you have to offer, and it's a joy to share. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, not everyone has the means to you know be driving around you know mm. this and that. But I think even to the unemployed uh, person, you know, if yeah. they can, like you said, you know, grow grow a few silver beet. Yeah. Grow a few cherry tomatoes, start off like that. Yep. Mm. That'll be the first thing that they, you know, their mates come over or something. They'll be say, hey, hey, bro, just go and go check out my cherry tomatoes. First time I've ever grown them and they're awesome. So if that plants the seed in them that say, hey, I can actually become a giver yeah. Provider, instead yeah. of yeah. just waiting every Thursday or whenever dull day is. So esteem, is. dignity. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you, know, and, you, and you touched on the Movember thing, men's mm. health and, and things like that. I think a lot of things for men, it's it's if you if you have no means to give mm. or help, yeah. it kind of, you, you feel, well, I'm, I'm a bit of a useless fella. Yeah. Well, you know, I've got no money. Mm. I can't, you know, I've, I can't do anything. Mm. But then, so that's what I like about the community of, Gardeners, if she's like, well, bro, you know, you got you got a spare couple of bucks. We can whip you down to Bunnings. Yeah, yeah, or we somehow if it can sort of get a community community forward, yeah, can you know, oh, here's a seedling, or even you know, come um, potter around in my, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly, my garden. Yeah, I think it's that's the kind of beauty of this copapa and why I, I get quite inspired by it is because kind of the way the the places it can take you and all the benefits just seem yeah. To yeah. keep multiplying, eh, on, on every level. And down yeah. to the most basic though is if you're hungry, here's some kai. Like yeah. physically, tangibly, through to kind of emotional, spiritual exactly. yeah. uh the the kind of relational kind of aspect of the community, connection mm. connection to the environment. Like I even again I notice with your household, like you've got a waterway, council waterway running beside, but through your gardening and your kind of orcharding and your trees, mm. straight away you have a connection with, you're interested in the health of that waterway. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're actually getting out there um, uh, into that whenua kind of thing. How can I protect, look after? Stop it, the council from spraying it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, because some of those things, you know, uh, you know, um, in the kaitiaki, mm-hmm. if, especially in an urban sense, what I've noticed, um, like, you know, especially around kaiti there, and the amount of rubbish that people just kind of drive past, you know, they're kind of driving up the hill, they just throw it out the window. Mm. It's because I think they're disconnected. Yeah. yeah. Disconnected from the land that it's... Because it doesn't it's, matter to it's us no, anymore. It's no big deal to throw a pack and save bag. Like all the um, Woodstock cans on my lawn that people drop there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they're, they're disconnected from mm. the land, there is no need to care for it. Yeah. 
you know? So right down to yeah. the fabric of the community, like how you maintain yeah. those bonds to people and to, to place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think on the deeper level, it's it's the gardening in a small sense. If if all that it if all that I can do is just gonna spark in someone's mind, hey, gee, there there is I I could do something better with the earth that surrounds me, and um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't even say so. That kind of all of this what it bring home to me is um, uh, that this is a form of discipleship, so a community of gardeners is kind of actually kind of pure discipleship to me, getting yes. out there and discipling. Yep. Look at my garden, I can give to you. And in a way, what you're modelling with your with your life and your space um, is all of that, eh? like the greatest mm. resource and uh, kind of teaching there is you and how you're living. You know, come spend time with me. This is how I eat. This is how I live. This is how I am with my um, lovely fiancé. Hey, off yes. the market now. Um, <laughs> this is how I am kind of in, you know, in whatever kind of space, time, context. Yeah. Um, these are the things that I'm doing and that, that are possible and trying to model that yeah. uh, to others. And that's kind of something that you're, you're going to be leading for us kind of as a hahi, as a church here in Tairawhiti as well, which, you know, we want to disciple um, other gardener disciples, basically. Yes. To kind of push all these, these good things that we're just touching on and um, try and push them out into our community, yeah. Cool. So we're here um, talking with Adrian Sutherland, who is leading uh, uh, Tip a program uh, that the church here in yeah. Tairawhiti, um has just started uh, running, which uh, basically the vision eh, is a community of gardeners. Yes. Yeah. So we want thriving whānau, growing yeah. high-quality kai, sustaining communities with the whakaro. Any, any way you want to approach it, eh? like even if we think – if there are people going hungry in our communities, to us it's like um, we understand why and how hard that is and all the forces at play, but to a degree we're thinking it doesn't have to be that no, way. No, mm. not at all. Um, so that's that's kind of the vision. Well, Fano, if you're listening and this sounds like something you want to be interested in, stick around because um, soon you'll be able to hear how you can connect uh, and how you can totoko, uh Adrian here and the mahi he's doing with Tipu Ora uh, here in Tairawhiti. So Age, if there's some whānau out there who are keen to either support the mahi that you're doing uh, or they're keen to chuck in a garden themselves or chuck in a, a garden in a bucket, um, how, how can they connect with you brother? Uh, a couple of simple ways is through social media. Um, I have a Facebook page, <coughs> Facebook page called one minute gardening with Adrian Sutherland, and that's you spell the one so O N E, minute gardening with Adrian Sutherland, mm-hmm. and on Instagram uh, it's just one minute gardening. So uh, yeah, you're welcome to drop a comment or a message or something on there. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, or if you you know if not yourself, if you know anyone else that may be interested in gardening or uh, something like that, just kind of. Yeah, forward the, I guess it has a link or something like that, or share it, something mm. anyway. <laughs> we encourage all our listeners to follow so that you're yeah. going to get five new likes. <laughs> but yes. we can throw a link up on the page as well. Eh? Yeah. So One Minute Gardening with Adrian Sutherland, that's on Facebook. Facebook. Yep. One Minute Gardening. On Instagram. On Instagram. Um, and kind of really cool, consistent content eh, coming through there. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Try try to do daily content. Well, and, and I notice you're engaging with basically everyone who comments. So, you know, yep. I see some people jump on there, ask you a question. Uh, oh, I'm planting this. Um, how, how how can I how can I support it better? Or what sort of topsoil do you recommend? Or and, and you're usually on there pretty quick, uh, yeah, giving yeah, out those I'll, tips and tricks. Huh? Yep, yep. No, I reply to every comment. Good boy. And it floats your boat in the in the hotter months. He sometimes shirtless in the videos. Yes, mostly shirtless. <laughs> it's almost shirtless season right now, it isn't is. it? I'm, I'm surprised you're wearing one. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's been a privilege to sit here uh, with you this this past wee while uh, age to get an insight into the mahi uh, you're doing uh, in with and for the church yeah. uh, here in Tairawhiti. Uh, despite your foray into the epos when you were young, you've come <laughs> home. Yes, uh, and then we're really pleased to have you here uh, with us uh, in Tairawhiti. Um So yeah, if you want to support any of that mahi, if you want to connect with Adrian, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, or just cruise down to Gizzy. He floats around. You'll see him somewhere. Uh, Michael, last thoughts. Um, no, just me to to Adrian, Kilda. top bloke. Um, kind of been dogged with, um, well, actually, not just real with this cope, but like this is your passion, eh? Um, mm. and that's just always come through. It's it's never been yeah. a have or anything, or this is a great idea. Like you've, you you absolutely believe in this. You love it. Um, and and whether there whether there's sort of a cope in the church or not, you're out there every day doing it. So, um. And I think it's it's going to lead and transform, I think, how we do ministry and mission in Tairawhiti for the better. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just big mahi to you, bro. Kia ora. Nga mihi kia koutou, whakarongo mai ena ki tēnei punua pāhoi, kia nei ko Rev Talk to Mihi Nari Podcast. Nō reira tui tui te rangi, tui tui te whenua, tui tui te aroha o te atua, tui tui ona manaki tanga katoa. Maudiore e te ariki. Āmine. Āmine. <laughs>